What did we learn from the Minnesota Wild over their first weekend of games? What did we learn throughout the NHL in the same time period? We find out today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just a reminder, we are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we're joined by Alex Micheletti, and we will take a look at what we learned throughout the NHL over the weekend. We'll start off with the Minnesota Wild, who played their first two games of the season, and uh, then we'll look at a broad scope of uh, the NHL and look ahead to the week to come as well. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer here for another full season of Minnesota Wild coverage, and uh, happy to be joined by my guest, a Micheletti Monday to get us going on the right foot. Alex Micheletti is here. Alex, my man, what's happening? Not too much. How are you doing? Uh, it was uh, it was a good week, uh, first week in the NHL. Um, a lot of exciting games and, and matchups. Uh, we had the Wild go two and zero to start um, in the in the state of California, which is which is great to see. Um, we had the Battle of Alberta with. Uh, um, Edmonton and Calgary and uh, Connor McDavid getting a hat trick. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's full go and uh, yeah, just exciting games all over the place. A lot of, you know, a lot of teams that are, you know, shockingly starting off terribly. And so we'll get into that, but uh, yeah, I just so excited to have the games back and uh, you know, starting with the, uh, you know, being on ESPN and TNT, I thought yeah. uh, good, good first week of, of coverage by them too. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great welcome back for ESPN and for uh, TNT to have games on their airwaves again. And, uh, you know, you talked about, uh, as we will get into a little more in detail, a lot of teams have gotten off to slow starts here this season. The Wild, however, not one of those teams as uh, 2-0 and uh, after taking care of the Anaheim Ducks to start the season 2-1 and then beating the Los Angeles Kings 3-2. Um, now off until Tuesday night in which uh, the Wild will have their home opener against the Winnipeg Jets. So a couple of close games and uh, kind of coming in different styles as in the uh, win against the Ducks. Wild's got a goal with uh, 7.2 seconds left for Marcus Foligno. And uh, in the 3-2 to two win, the Wild had an early lead. Well, they had a second period lead that then the Kings were able to cut into in the third period, and they hung on to win. Anything of the two games, Alex, was there anything that stood out to you uh, in terms of you know concerns or uh, things that impressed? I mean, I do have a couple of things that we'll key in on, but just overall, was there anything that really impressed you about the Wilds' first two wins of the year? Uh, Cam Talbot. Uh, like I said, um, uh, I tweeted out, I said, he was the best player on the ice all weekend for the Minnesota Wild. I mean, he kept him 
kept it in it for them for both games, uh, especially uh, against the Ducks um, too. When uh, you know Ducks had um, some really nice chances to you know um, you know to take it further for them. Um, uh, and also, uh, I thought uh, thought Kevin Fiala was fantastic, um, especially against the Kings. Um, he worked his ass off, I thought. And uh, um, also, um, I was just impressed with the depth overall. Yep. Um, you know, every line was contributing. Even the depth uh, defensemen were great too. Um, so, um, yeah, it was it was you know it was, I was just so impressed. And um, you know, great great coaching job by Dean Evason and. Um, the only thing that concerned me was the was the first line. Um, yep. Yeah, that uh, um, you know that um, they're still trying trying to work out the chemistry with that. Um, you know, I think it will get there. It's, it's way too early. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that was the only thing that concerned me. Um, and people were worried about the third pairing defenseman. Um, but uh, you know, I thought they they were okay. They were, you know, when you don't hear their names a lot, um, you know, that's a good thing. Like we've talked about. Yeah. That's, I mean, we, we don't need them to be like those, those top shutdown defensemen just need them to do their job when they're in the game. And yeah, I thought Kulikov and uh, Merrill did just fine uh, when they were out there. Um, You mentioned the first line starting the season a little slow. And this was actually one of the topics I wanted to, um, turn into our game that we're going to play called Overreaction or Not. I did this last year, and I uh, got some nice uh, response from listeners, so we're going to bring it back. And so we've got a handful of topics here for the Minnesota Wild, and um, we're just simply going to go with Overreaction or Not, and I'll start on that um, that top line, Jewel Erickson Eck centering Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. Uh, is it time to panic for uh, for the Wild with that top line? Uh, is it time to maybe shake things up? Um, is that an overreaction or not? I think it's an overreaction. Um, I think it's way too early. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Krill and, and Zuccarello were still productive over the weekend. Um, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time and uh, – you know, X got to like I um, like I've said on previous podcasts with you. Um, he's got to get used to, you know, being on the top line. And with you know, with that responsibility comes uh, you're gonna go against the you know the top pairing D's in, in the yeah. in the division in the in the league. Um, so he's got to get used to that. You know, he's used to playing on the third line and getting um, you know those lower pairing defensemen um, and lower pairing centers that he's probably a lot better than, you know, then. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's never had this responsibility. It comes with, uh, with that contract too. Um, so yeah, we'll see if he's up to the task, but I still think you gotta give him a little bit of time and uh, to gel. Um, you know, we, we saw it in the preseason, but uh, yeah, the regular season's a different beast for sure. One hundred percent. Um, next one is the guy who played himself into the final spot on the Wild roster, Brandon Duhame. And you know, there's an interesting thought in that Rem Pitlick hasn't played through the first two games of the season. He's going to get into the lineup at some point, but yeah. I feel like. And uh, this is, you know, a perfect kind of um, hot take to um, kind of move us through here. Obviously, somebody's going to have to sit when Pitlick goes into the lineup. Uh, is it overreaction or not that Duhame has taken himself off the list of players that could sit with the way that he's played through the first two games? Oh, 100%. 
uh, uh, he, I mean, it, he was so close to scoring uh, uh, against the Kings. I mean, uh, that review is so close. Um, you know, a guy that I think would sit uh, would be Nick Bukestad. Um, you know, he took a bad penalty against the Kings that yeah. could have really got the Kings back into it. Um, so, you know, I think with the way Duheim's playing um, and the energy he brings um, in the physical play, you know, I, there's no way I don't think you could sit him right now. And him and him and Sturm seem to be playing really well together. And, you know, yeah. credit to credit to Nico. Um, it just just doing what he did for a good majority of the season last year, you know, winning faceoffs with that fourth line and. Those guys are pressing the issue, even with um, even with Bukestad not being as speedy as those guys, but offering you know a little bit of a change of pace. That fourth line is pushing for more time already here uh, to start the season, and so when you have a bottom six that boasts the likes of um, Kevin Fiala and then those guys, like that's going to be trouble if they keep doing what they're doing. And there's no reason to suggest they won't. Right, 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 and. Uh... Yeah, it was nice to see the the bottom six uh, contribute. Um, I don't I don't consider Kevin Fiala a bottom six uh, yeah. player, but that's that's where he's situated right now. Uh, but uh, you know, he he played really well on, uh, with Goudreau, especially against the Kings. Uh, uh, Goudreau had a really bad turnover, but he made up for it for the goal. Um, so uh, when he threw the puck up the oh. middle, that was a Cam Talbot. Uh, you know, he owes Cam uh, some some adult beverages for sure. But, At least uh, a few. Right. So, but uh, yeah, nice to see them contribute. And uh, um, yeah, uh, just, you know, I'm excited to, to see uh, where that third line goes. And uh, um, yeah, yeah. Final one that we'll talk about before we move on to, we'll go next to some of the, uh, the other Central Division teams because some really interesting things have happened um, amongst the Central Division. But I thought it was really interesting, and maybe this was just me kind of reading into it a little bit too much, that Capo did not start either game over the weekend. You would think on back-to-backs, now granted it was the first two games of the season, you'd think that your backup goalie would get into one of those games. And so I don't know if it's just maybe me putting a little bit too much stock in like the tendencies of like, Oh, if you play back to back games, you have to start um, both goalies. But is that an overreaction or not? Is there concern that Capo did not get in um, in either the first or second game of the year? You know, I think it's a little overreaction. Um, You know, Talbot didn't face a ton of action against the Ducks. I think that factors into it. You yeah. Know, he, uh, you know, the, there wasn't a whole lot of fatigue, um, you know, to worry about. Um, also, I think because of how LA played against Vegas, you know, I think there was an emphasis to get make sure you get both wins, um, and by putting Cam in there, um, and just uh, you know, getting the season off to a really really nice start, um, especially on the road. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, you know, that's, that's what I think it's just, um, it's so important to get, you know, get those, uh, early wins and some momentum coming into the home opener, um, and, you know, and a weaker team, you know, you think Kappa would get in, but, uh, nice, nice to see Cam continue, uh, how he played Friday and into yeah. Saturday. It's, it's likely, I mean, with the wild playing Tuesday, um, and then not until Saturday and Sunday, 
Maybe you see Capo in one of those two games over the weekend, but if they're going to space the games out like this, there's no reason to just not keep going with Cam. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I could see him playing, you know, because we, I think we play the Ducks again, right, yep. at some point um, this week. Um, and so, you know, I could see him playing them or, you know, Nashville's not a great team either. Um, no. They've gotten a lot rid of a lot of their, you know, good players. We saw Victor Arvidsson and uh, the way he played against the Wild, um, you know, he was he was fantastic. Um, so that was that was an odd move. Um, but, yeah, they're they're a lot weaker team. Um, so I could definitely see him getting getting the game against Nashville too. We'll tell you what, we uh, are going to move on to the central division because, oh boy, there have been some things that have happened so far in the central. And so we'll, uh, we'll talk about that recapping a busy weekend in the NHL with Alex McLeddy. More to come here on lockdown wild after this. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Just a reminder, we are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Alex Micheletti is our guest today on a Micheletti Monday, and we saw the Central Division get going, well, some teams at least. Um, I'm not going to lie, there are some interesting results as uh, in the fact that Chicago and Winnipeg and Nashville are all winless, and um, the Dallas Stars are one and two. Arizona is o one and one. Um, is there legitimate concern for two of the top goalies in the division, in Mark Andre Fleury and Connor Hellebuck, with how they've started the year? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm really worried about the Jets. I mean, they not only do they lose to Anaheim and San Jose. I mean. It, I mean, he gave up a ton of goals. He gave up uh, eight goals, you know. Um, you can't can't be doing that uh, against, you know, um, two of the weaker teams, you know, in the in the Western Conference. Um, so that was that was concerning. And then uh, Chicago uh, giving up way too many goals um, defensively. They've been terrible. And Seth Jones, their big uh, acquisition in the offseason has been off to a terrible start. Um, so. Uh, it's cause cons- cause for concern there. Um, I don't think Chicago has a lot of depth on their back end, um, you know, especially after trading um, Duncan Keith, uh, who was a big part of that team forever, um, and no Brent Seabrook anymore too. So they've made a lot of changes to their back end, um, and so it's going to be a work in progress. Uh, you know, Jeremy Colton, their coach, is definitely going to be close on the chopping block and uh their gm stan bowman might be right there with them um yeah it's a it's a really tough start and especially i mean you got you still got 
Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkat and you know they have some really good good offensive forwards it's just uh, I don't know what's going on with that team yeah it's it's fascinating to me that the Blackhawks were billed as this like uber defensive team with Seth Jones and hey we're gonna be you know we're gonna be one of the enforcers of the division and they've given up 13 goals in three games like boy oh boy and it's all like all of the goals have come like right at the beginning of the game. I think ten of them are within the first like ten minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean Dougie Hamilton scored seventeen seconds into the game. Uh, Teddy Bluger with the Penguins scored fifteen seconds in. I mean it's it's ridiculous. You know you can't. I mean to get it under thirty seconds that just sets you what you know everything the vibes off right away it's it's tough to come back from when you give up a backbreaker that early um wanted to also just talk about the colorado avalanche briefly i mean nathan mckinnon is is out with covid they've got a bunch of other players that are out with covid and that's something that you know is going to hurt them now but they'll be fine at the end of the day but something that i think you and i have both kind of agreed upon is with Darcy Kemper, like, it seemed like with Grubauer, yeah, he maybe wasn't as good as Kemper, but he was way more level. Like, mm-hmm. with Darcy, it seems like you either get really good, or in the case of the game against the Blues, you get really bad. And he was not good against St. Louis. No, there's no there's no middle ground with Darcy. Um, and when he gets in uh, implode mode, like I... Like I said with Jonathan Quick, Jonathan Quick's like the same same way. There's no there's no middle game for Jonathan Quick. Um, it can get ugly fast, and it can roller coaster in a in a bad way for Darcy. Uh, but when he's on, he's he's phenomenal. So it's like, uh, be prepared, Avs fans. Uh, you know, goaltending has always been their Achilles heel. But uh, we'll see if they can get more of the good Darcy than the than the bad than the really bad bad Darcy no no middle game for him no it's it's either high or low uh the one final thing that I wanted to key in on uh before he moved to the NHL in general because you know some pleasant surprises with the wild some surprises in the central division we get a large surprise within the NHL overall that we'll talk about in the Buffalo Sabres being 2-0 somehow um, so we'll, we'll talk about that next, but I did want to look just to see how our, uh, friends are doing, um, in their new homes. Uh, Zach Parisi through two games, getting about 14 minutes of ice time a night, but, uh, no points yet on the season for him. And then on the other end, Ryan Suter, he does have one assist and, uh, plugging away with 23 minutes a night, uh, just, just doing his thing. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see how those guys do this year because, you know, we see what we saw last year. Suter still got it, and Parisi at this point is basically playing a bottom six role. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think Ryan, Ryan's got a lot, little bit more left in the tank than Zach, but uh, you know, Zach's on the perfect team too um, with the Islanders. Um, you know, he, you know, he is in the bottom six, but he can get a lot more minutes than – um, you know, then if he was here in the bottom six, um, you know, because uh, Barry Trotz loves to play uh, veterans. Um, and so he'll he'll get his time for sure. 
Um, he's back in the East, Eastern Conference where I think he's a little bit more comfortable too. Um, and, and Ryan's a part of the one of the best decors in the in the league. Um, you know, they got Miro Heiskanen in that. Uh, um, you know, scored the overtime winner against uh, the Rangers, which was beautiful. And, um, you know, Essa Lindell and John Klingberg. I mean, the list goes on and on with that decor. So um, he he landed in the perfect spot. Um, and uh, we'll see uh, when he plays the first first game he plays the wild. That's going to be, uh, you know, goosebumps will be interesting. <laughs> there are going to be some fireworks for sure. Um, yeah. Let's move out a little further. Because we got a lot of interesting things that have happened in the NHL in general. So uh, we'll finish off today's episode talking NHL at large, a Micheletti Monday coming up. Uh, more to come here on today's episode of Locked on Wilds. This fall, Built Bar wants to help you celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know Built Bar has an amazing lineup of flavors? They include coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, Cookies and cream and German chocolate. No Oktoberfest or pumpkin spice yet, but maybe coming down the line at some point. My favorite for what it's worth is raspberry, but if you're not sure where to start, just grab a mixed box and you'll get two each of those amazing flavors. Not only are Built Bars great tasting, they are amazingly healthy too. Each Built Bar contains six, 17 to 18 grams of protein, Ranges in calories from 130 to 180. Contains only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing tasting, amazingly healthy. All of that wrapped up into every delicious Built Bar. So make sure to head to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. I've got a listener in my apartment, a fly. So if you see me on if you see me on the video going nuts, it's because uh, this fly is hanging out and it's driving me crazy. Um, anyway, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Continuing our chat with Alex Micheletti here on a Micheletti Monday. Let's just dive right in. Vegas Golden Knights had a rough weekend. Uh, they are currently 1-1. One and one. Robin Leonard got shellacked by the Los Angeles Kings. They lose Max Pacioretty. They lose Mark Stone. Is Vegas in trouble not only now, but for the rest of the season? I mean, especially if Mark Stone is out for a while, we still don't know the the amount of time. But if he's out for a while too, uh, it's it it's really bad news. And people are you know saying the Jack Eichel stuff. Well, Eichel wouldn't be able to play for four or five months. Right. That, I mean, he wouldn't be able to play until the playoffs. And you know, at that point, are they going to make the playoffs? I mean, the division is weak. But I mean, if you have if you have Mark Stone and Pacioretty out, that's 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 really that's that's awful, and you already don't you already don't have Alex Alex Tuck for pretty much almost the entire year or two. Um, yeah, it's they're in a really bad spot. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> I mean, you can't. I mean, you can put people on long term injury reserve, but uh, I mean, who are you gonna trade? You don't have a whole lot yeah. to give up. Um, Peyton Krebs is the guy that's been rumored, but I don't think Vegas wants to give him up, and so yeah, it's it's gonna be really tough. 
think they're so lucky that they're in, you know, the, that Pacific division with a lot of the weaker California teams. But if they pull it off and maintain, uh, you know, hanging around for the playoffs, kudos, uh, kudos, you know, to uh, Peter DeBoer and, yeah. and the coaching staff. That's just some miracle working that they got going on there. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning have also looked flat to start the season. Yep. And so I think I think it's just interesting that we see all of these teams, Vegas, um, Tampa Bay, you know, there there are a handful of others too that have just started off the year and have not done. Toronto, Toronto <laughs> is a very good example as well. Um, is this just kind of a byproduct of going back to the full schedule or are we just seeing these some of these teams kind of start to trend a little downwards? I think it's uh I think the teams are <laughs> uh, trending a little bit downwards. Um you know some of the teams that were used to being powerhouses, um a lot of the teams have changed goalies too. Yeah. Um so that's that's interesting with Tampa too. Um, they don't have the luck to, <laughs> with the long-term injury reserve uh, trick, um, you know, and so they have to, you know, they had to meet the cap and uh, you lose your entire third line um, and Yanni Gord, Barclay Goudreau um, and, you know, and that crew um, it's and Blake, yeah, Blake Coleman. Um, it's, it's tough. I mean, you're introducing you know, a lot of, a lot of new guys into the lineups too. Um but they showed against Detroit too that they can <laughs> they can turn it on. You know they win that one seven to six in overtime. So that was that was something else. Um, but you know you also got teams like Edmonton. Edmonton picking up Zach Hyman was a huge huge move by them. Um, they they're off to a two zero start. And McDavid hat trick on you know against against the Flames last night. I mean watch out for that team. They just. You know, and Jesse uh, Pujarve, I, I showed you the highlight he had goal uh, last night. I mean, yeah, they didn't need another score <laughs> um, on that team. Um, you know, so it's yeah, they are they are impressive. They get they get if Mike Smith, who is you know ancient, he's almost forty years old now. Um, if he can be decent, um, watch watch out for Edmonton because uh, they they are, they have it all going right now. Um, you know, another team that I'm really impressed with is, is Florida. Uh, I think Florida has it all now. Um, and, you know, they, they were able to get that contract extension for Alexander Barkov. So, I mean, watch out for Florida. They are going to be a team <laughs> to watch out for in the playoffs if yeah. they get the goaltending. Uh, and also, I guess, watch out for the Buffalo Sabres, who are 2-0 and because, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, the fact that they were on – national tv on the nhl network i don't know whose whose choice that was i mean that what a what a crazy game that was i mean against arizona i mean arizona was running out guys i mean and andrew ladd scored um he hadn't scored a game in uh like a year and a half in the nhl oh boy uh, it was it was crazy they had jay Be- jay beagle as a first line center it's <laughs> just just, just craziness, and in Buffalo's roster, I mean, they got guys that it's like, what? I mean, they're they have Jeff Skinner making nine million, and he's not doing much. Uh, our old uh, buddy Casey Middlestad's uh, out there, and uh, uh, just a hodgepodge of names. Kyle Okposo, who I thought had nothing left, and you know he scores a a, a big goal against Montreal the other night, and I mean they take out Montreal too. So I mean that's that was an impressive win at home in front of no fans too. So this it's crazy. It's it's too bad because 
you know, when Buffalo's good, that that you know, those fans are, are crazy as we know with yeah. the, with the Bills Mafia and just it's a you know, it's a good sports town for sure. Yeah. Uh enjoy the wins while they can because <laughs> they're not gonna have many this year. Uh just no. a couple of final things I wanted to get to. Um I know both of us are on Ovechkin watch yeah. and he is red hot to start the season. You know, it there's a lot of work for him to do to catch Gretzky. But especially in the first couple years of his extension, if he can keep up this kind of a pace, he could hit 50 this year, and uh, that makes the road a lot easier for him to uh, inevitably get there. Yeah, it's impressive what he's doing, especially without his good buddy Nicholas Backstrom, who uh, who hurt his hip and is on, you know, um, on, on the IR. Um, you know, he's just, you know, in his office, that's, you know, he always scores from there and just impressive Impressive on the power play as always, and uh, looks like he's really getting Evgeny Kuznetsov going too, who's who's very polarizing with all the off the ice issues, and everybody thought they were going to trade him, and so he's uh, he's got that Russian connection going with them, and yeah, yeah, Washington's off to a hot start. T.J. Oshie playing extremely well too, so it's yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, I told you this too. Uh, no one celebrates a goal like Alex Ovechkin. Um, it's, like, it's like he's a kid out there still. Um, you know, he's just playing the game he loves. And, you know, he's, yeah, I mean, I think he can play until he's 40, 41, 42. So mm. he'll, he'll cut it close. Um, but, you know, as long as he's playing power play, um, there's no one better on the power play than Alex Ovechkin. That is fully accurate. Also, a uh, tip of the cap, or in this case, the beanie. To Marco Rossi, who scored his first career AHL goal for the Iowa Wild. It came in a losing effort, but a nifty move by Rossi. And so, congratulations. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, excited to continue to watch that. Uh, the the baby wild, as we would call him, uh, grow. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, congrats to Marco. He's he's worked so hard to overcome yep. uh, what he did last year with, with COVID. And, He's just a workout machine, um, and and you know is a is a rink rat. Uh, loves loves the game of hockey so much and plays with with so much passion out there. So, you know, there's uh, you know I think they're definitely grooming him to to be up at some point, uh, you know, especially with that center the center depth. Uh, I think they're definitely going to need him. You know, especially if they you know if they do move back around, uh, you know, it'd be kind of fun to see see him out there with uh with 97 um and and, and zuccarello um but uh we'll see um see how act does and you know um, watch him continue to grow his game too uh, after the big contract 100 percent. well i think that's going to take us to the end of today's episode and so thanks alex for hanging out today uh gearing us up for another full week of hockey and recapping an eventful first weekend in the nhl uh make sure now that you have completed your first listen of the day, which again, thank you for making it Locked on Wild, uh, head to Locked on NHL to get a recap of all of that action throughout the league and much more on the Locked on NHL podcast. Make sure to give Locked on Wild a follow wherever you listen. All of our social media channels are active with unique content throughout the year, so make sure to check that out as well. And uh, you can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.